This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I was driving with my son today. We were going to pick up a trailer to deliver some pigs. And we were talking about goats and farming and having a really nice chat. Now, my son's four. And he's really a smart kid. And I told him that. I said, you're pretty smart, buddy. And he replied with, yeah, I know a lot more than you, daddy. Apparently, we got to work on humility in this household. It's funny as a parent of young children to think of the day when my kids will know more about a subject than me. And they'll be the ones making the decisions. But that's essentially all parenting is, is a slow and gradual letting go, allowing these children to make their own decisions based off the knowledge that they've gathered. And we try to guide them along and help them to make the best choices until one day it's all up to them. So I can't imagine what it would be like to be in the middle of a field with my nine-year-old holding a shotgun and trusting him with the decision of when to pull the trigger, when to choose life and when to choose death. And that's where we find Corby Taylor in our story today. For as long as there have been people, there have been stories. And wherever you find a campfire, you'll find people telling them. Every year we would take a camping trip as a family. Campfire smell. It's like an instant signal. It brings everybody together, telling stories. And, and at the end of morning breakfast, he'd take that big cast iron skillet full of sizzling bacon grease. <laughs> Some dude with a guitar shows up. Stories, sharing laughter and... You know, sharing a marshmallows. Roasting marshmallows. Oh, so good. Marshmallows. So there'd be this giant inferno. First thing in the morning, you know, we're all gonna just be laughing <laughs> and enjoying each other's time. And you know, it makes me think of like my dad laughing. Get to see a, a different side of life. That's why I love campfires. That's why I love campfires. <laughs> That's why I love campfires. You ready for a story? It's the Homesteady Campfire. This episode of the Homesteady Campfire is brought to you by Power Plucker. If you're good at turkey hunting, that means you bring home dead turkeys. 
And if you bring home dead turkeys, that means you get to eat wild turkey. But before you can eat wild turkey, you have to pluck that turkey. And if you've ever plucked a turkey or a chicken or any other fowl, you know it's a lot of work, it's time consuming. Except for now, when I butcher chickens or clean a turkey, I use the power plucker. So it's actually kind of fun. Picture this, a drill bit that's a long cylinder. And coming off of that cylinder are all these little rubber fingers. And when you pull that trigger on that drill, those little fingers spin around and whack that chicken or they whack that turkey and feathers come flying off in a big puff. Yeah, that's what it's like. It's pretty cool. And now instead of plucking that turkey or those chickens by hand, you can pluck it with a drill. The end product is way better. The power plucker is especially good at getting out all those little pin feathers like a chicken that you bought from the supermarket, except for we all know that that chicken that you have is way tastier and way better than that chicken at the supermarket. And Power Plucker sells way more than just the Power Plucker. They also sell these amazingly sharp, excellent knives that are easy to sharpen and great to use when doing chicken processing or if you're butchering a turkey. They have killing cones from small to large. And if you don't kill chickens, you keep all yours alive, they have mess-free waterers and other things you'll need as a poultry raiser or as a turkey hunter. So go check out powerplucker.com. And if you're a pioneer of the Homesteady Show, you can receive 10% off your Power Plucker purchase. Become a pioneer today. Go to thisishomesteady.com, click on Pioneer, sign up, and you'll get 10% off your entire purchase at Power Plucker. Go check them out, powerplucker.com. When Corby was young, his father wasn't able to take him out hunting, but it didn't stop him from getting out in the woods. Ever since he was a little boy, he spent time outside. I was always out in the woods, you know, uh, shooting my BB gun and making live traps and trying to catch things. I don't think I ever even caught anything, but um, I was always out in the woods. And there's a, uh, an author named John Eldridge, and there's a book that he wrote called Wild at Heart. In his book, he, he made a quote that says this, Every little boy is born with adventure in his heart. And that was so true of me. I was always out in, you know, in the adventurous woods. Everything that I could find to do out in the woods, I was doing it. When I was in my early 20s, met some great friends at church. Uh, got me into bow hunting and then specifically turkey hunting. So I knew whenever I became, you know, had started a family that I wanted to make it a point to be very intentional about taking my kids hunting. And Corby has a teenage daughter and a 12-year-old son named Hudson. And he takes both of them out hunting. Uh, my son is especially eat up with hunting as much as I am. And he, like I said, he loves to go out every opportunity that he can with me. So we had an opportunity at a place in Kansas. And a guy that I'd gotten to know, got to be good friends with. And it was a little over 100 acres. And he said that we could go out and hunt it any time we wanted to. I'd gone out and I'd done some scouting. And spring was rolling around. And I knew that I'd seen turkey. So we were really excited about the opportunity to be able to go uh, do some turkey hunt, hunting out on this land. And I'd, I'd put out a trail camera so that I could kind of get an idea where what time of day the turkeys were coming through. And we'd figured out where they were roosting. And I'd set up a pop-up blind pretty close to the path where they would be coming through to go to roost. And so kind of knew where what time, kind of knew their, their route. And so uh, we were set up and we were you know going to go out and do an evening hunt. So my son and I show up at about Hudson, age 12, is a lot like his dad was as a young boy. He too loves going outside and playing in the woods. The main difference is that Hudson's dad takes him hunting. And so Hudson gets to spend time outside 
with his dad on some awesome adventures. Adventures like this one, where we find Hudson and his dad hunkered down in the middle of a field, caught unprepared and out of position for what was about to happen next. So my son Hudson, he's 12 years old, and uh, he loves to hunt with me, like I said. And he's, he's hunted a little bit of everything. I mean, he's, he's 12 years old. and he's When hunted, I was 12, uh, the only thing I'd ever hunted was probably my sister and her friends. <laughs> but Hudson, he's got a long list of adventures he's been on with Dad. He's already hunted deer. Hogs and dove. Pheasants. Turkey. He just loves to hunt it all. Uh, I think he shot his first deer when he was seven years old. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> That's great. Yeah, shot his first uh, uh, Jake whenever he was uh, eight, and when we were in Kansas, though, uh, he was he was after his first Tom. He'd not not ever shot a mature Tom. He'd gotten his Jake, you know, and now he was ready to to switch and just go only after Tom. So we're at this place. There's a big difference between a Jake and a Tom. Every spring, hens will lay eggs, and when those eggs hatch, about fifty percent of them will be male. Within their first year, the following spring, those males will be ready to mate. But they're not a full-grown turkey yet. They're called jakes. They're a little smaller, and you can tell them usually by their tail feathers. They look different. They're not full-grown. They're not developed yet. They're the turkey equivalent to a junior at his first prom. The equipment's there, but it's not a man yet. There are lots more Jakes than there are Toms, because every year, there's a whole new flock of Jakes. And every year, hunters kill Jakes, slowly eliminating some from the breeding pool. Toms are the smarter birds, the wiser birds, who've lived through a few hunting seasons and outsmarted the coyotes and the hawks and all the other predators that attack them when they're young and even when they're full size. A chance to kill a Tom comes much less than a chance to kill a Jake. And at the ripe old age of nine, Hudson had decided that he was ready to stick to just Toms. He was gonna let the Jakes walk. I'm 28 years old, I've hunted turkeys for five years, and I've not even got a Jake yet. So way to go, Hudson. Cause I'd shoot the Jake as soon as it walked out. We were at this place and we were hoping that this would be the year that he gets his first time. And actually at this time he was nine years old. So we get out to this field. This huge field was probably, oh, I'm gonna guess it was 450, 500 yards from one end of the field to the other. And there was kind of a crest in the hill, kind of a rise in the middle of the field. So uh, you couldn't really see anything on the other side of the field until you were all the way out and really in the middle of, that, of the field. And so, we, we started walking out. We got we parked our truck, started walking out there. We were hauling all of our junk, and I'm notorious for taking way too much stuff. So I had two chairs for the blind. We had two backpacks. One with snacks, one with you know binoculars yeah, and a range finder. Like my kind of hunt. <laughs> <laughs> all the extra gear. As long as there's snacks. <laughs> uh, yeah, had his shotgun and uh, decoys. We had everything. And, uh, you know, the, the tur- from my trail camera uh, pictures, I knew that the turkeys weren't supposed to be coming by till probably another two hours after the time that we got there. So now picture Corby and his son. Corby's got all their equipment. He's got chairs and he's got snacks and guns. And he knows that this long walk across this field, they got to make it to the blind before the turkeys show up, which should be about two hours from now. So they got plenty of time. 
Well, we started walking across this field, and as I said, we couldn't see the other side of the field because of that little crest in the top. Now, the field was planted with winter, winter wheat, and at this point, it was bright green, but it was only about shin high. It wasn't even knee high, so it's super low. There's going to be no protection, no cover at all, so we just need to get across this field as quick as we could because, you know, when you're turkey hunting, you, you, it's all about concealment. You want to be hidden. You want to have trees behind you, trees in front of you, brushed in, all those type of things. The turkey gets a bad rap. Everybody kind of looks at it as the goofy animal that almost was the symbol for the United States. Turkeys are actually really impressive animals. Now we're talking about wild turkeys. These aren't the big butterballs that we get at the supermarket. A wild turkey can fly 40 miles per hour and he can run 20. His ears are incredibly sensitive. He can hear for miles and that's why talking with turkeys is so important when trying to hunt them, calling them in. Their eyesight is one of their most impressive defense mechanisms. It's said that a turkey can see three times better than 20-20 vision. The turkey's field of vision is 270 degrees, as opposed to most of us who have about 180 degrees of vision. And his little head and neck can swivel around to easily make that 360 degrees in no time. The human eye has one rod and three single cones to help us see color. A turkey has one rod and six different types of cones, allowing him to see a more broad spectrum of color, which includes UVA light, which may help a bird detect prey, select a mate, or even forage for food. It also helps that bird spot a human even when he's wearing camouflage out in the middle of a field. There could be something over on the other side before we get there. So about every 20 yards as we were walking across this field, I took my binoculars out and I would just glass the field and just, you know, every every 20 yards I could see a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. We got just about to the very middle of this field and I, we stopped and I glassed the field again and we saw a hen over there. So here they are with all their equipment, all their luggage, in the middle of this field, which is low grass, there's no cover, with an animal that can see for miles, pick out the slightest hint in color changes. And if that turkey, that hen, sees them, she'll make a sound, it's called a putt. And that's game over. Any turkey for miles around will know, don't come over here, there's hunters. Um, I told Hudson, I said, you know, we've got to we've got to stop here. We got to get down because if we spook that hen, she'll you know freak out and start you know putting and making all these sounds that are going to scare every other turkey off and you know within a half a mile's distance. So we were just going to hunker down and stay in the middle of this field and wait for her to leave. So we got all our gear, laid it all down, uh, uh, sat down, you know, laid down and waited for a few minutes. Looked again a few minutes later, and she was still there. You know, every few minutes I did this same little routine of, of getting up on my knees, checking, seeing if she was still there, and, and of course she was. So after about 20 minutes of this, uh, I looked up again, and not only was the hen there, but there now were three big mature toms there. Oh, man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
So we were like, oh gosh, if we could, <laughs> if we'd have just gotten here 30 minutes earlier, we maybe have been, had been, would have been ready for them when they came in. Um, you know what? And the worst part about it was, is when I saw those three toms, they were strutting around, just milling back and forth right in front of our pop-up blind. Oh, so man. we were just not there early enough. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we, if we had just gotten here earlier. Like, so I told Hudson, I said, you know, there's tur- there's Tom's over there. So, of course, he's getting all excited now. And remember, we're after his first Tom. We just got here and there's already turkey. So he's all excited. And so we get over to uh, I start watching and I thought, you know, I told Hudson, I said, well, again, we can't get over there yet because we're going to scare them. They're going to run off and they're going to scare every other turkey in our hunts over with. So I told him, I said, we're just going to have to stay here till they move on. Then we'll get over to our blind and either hope they come back or hope some others come back. So Corby and Hudson are what hunters like to refer as pin down. When you're out in the woods, you're always looking for animals, trying to spot them before they spot you. But it's really hard to do. Sometimes this sort of thing happens where as you're moving through the woods, you realize that there's an animal somewhere where you want to be, but you can't get to them. And because of their superior eyesight, you're stuck. You can't move any closer because they'll spot you. So you just stay put and you wait. So we waited for about another five, ten minutes. We kept checking, kept checking, and they wouldn't leave. They were just staying right there in front of my blind, walking back and forth. I think they were kind of rubbing it in, to be honest with you. (laughs) So, you know, when you're nine years old, you don't have as much patience as an adult. So... Uh, Hudson, you know, my son finally just said, you know, why don't we just try it? Why don't we just try, um, calling him over here to us? I'm like, this, it's, it's never going to work because there's no cover. There's no trees. There's no brush. The, the grass is only shin high. We, we're not going to get concealed enough. And he's like, well, let's just try it. And I'm like, you know what? It's his hunt. Let's just go ahead and just let him, but we'll do it and see what happens. So Corby doesn't usually let his kids make the call on the hunt. He's got a lot more experience in them and he wants them to be successful. But this time, he decided to go with his gut. I know how much patience a kid has. And we had already been sitting in the middle of this field with turkeys on the other side for like 30 to 40 minutes by now. And I honestly thought they may just mill around till it till it's time to flap to roost. We may never have the opportunity. But even though I didn't think it was actually going to work, <laughs> I said, let's just go ahead and try it. You know? <laughs> so uh, I had, it's so cool. Uh, I, Hudson got the hen decoy and he belly crawled out about 15 or 20 yards and he stuck the hen decoy out and then he crab walked back to me so that he, you know, obviously wouldn't get up high enough where the, where the turkeys would see him. And so we're set up, we're in, we're expecting the, the toms to come in over to our right and kind of circle around behind the decoys and come to the decoys. And when they get in the range, we were going to shoot them. So we got set up and remember I had all this junk. I had chairs, yeah. I had backpacks, bright red chairs and all this oh, stuff. Man. So what I did is I laid down sideways. You got your uh, Coleman grill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> About to cook some fajitas out there. <laughs> so I laid down sideways and I laid down all my stuff behind me so that I could I was in camo, so that I could kind of be a buffer between me and the and the turkeys coming in. So I'm hiding all the stuff behind me. I had to lay down sideways, like I said, so I could cover it all up. And I got Hudson up and he's sitting on his knees. He's got his uh, knees up. He's got his gun resting on his knee, aiming the general direction that we think the turkeys are going to come from. So now he can see their heads at this point because he's up on his knees. So I got my uh, had my pot call at that time. And I told him, I said, okay, just get ready. And I want you to watch and you want you to tell me what they do because I can't see him. I'm down, you know, hunkered down, laying down flat, covering up all our gear. 
So I, I let out a few soft yelps. And as soon as I did, all three of the toms just hammered back and gobbled back all the same time. And he, his eyes got really big. And he's like, oh, my gosh. So they really, you could tell they liked that. They, I was asking him, I was like, okay, so now are they coming? Are they coming? No, they're not coming yet. So he's kind of walking me through what they're doing. He said, they're just strutting around, but they're not coming. And I said, okay, I'm going to get a little bit more excited on these yelps, and hopefully that'll work. So I uh, hit the yelps. On a again. recent Pioneers-only episode of Home Study, I interviewed Corby about calling turkeys. And he explained why he uses the yelp. He said the Yelp is one of the the most popular. The Yelp is the most popular and basic uh, sound that a turkey will make. Um, It's the main way that a hen communicates, and a a Yelp can mean a lot of things to, you know, to other turkeys that she's trying to communicate with, especially a tom. Um, Depending on how fast or slow the Yelp is, depending on how loud it is, the tone, there's a lot of different things like that. Um, But if you can do only one call, uh, the Yelp is going to be the one that you're going to want to make. So again, I'm going to demonstrate this on my box call. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little tree Yelp with it. And it's going to just be a softer, a little bit softer, slower version of the Yelp. And then after that, I'm going to do just the, what's called a plain Yelp. It's going to be a little bit louder and a little bit more aggressive. So I'll demonstrate those for you now. Awesome. As I said, the first one was the tree yelp, which you'd make whenever, you know, it's just getting light and uh, the toms are listening and trying to figure out where the hens are. And basically the tree yelps telling the the toms, hey, I'm still here. Didn't die overnight. I'm still (laughs) up in the tree thinking about flying down. You want to meet up with me later? That's kind of what you're telling them with that soft tree yelp. And then the the more aggressive uh, uh, plain yelp that I mentioned is just, you know, the, the call that you would make just to to get a tom to you or, or you know if i go into an area in the middle of the day whenever i'm just trying to see if there's any 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 turkeys in the area i'll do a plain yelp just to get the attention um the other call that i want to i want to talk about today is the cut and so that was corby explaining to all our homestead pioneers how to call turkeys in using a yelp if you want to learn about clucks cuts and everything else you want to know about calling in a turkey Become a pioneer. Go to the thisishomesteady.com website. Up at the top, you'll see Pioneer. Click on it. It's three bucks a month, and you'll get access to our entire library, including Talking Turkeys and Turkey Hunting 101, both extended interviews with Corby Taylor. A few yelps was all it took to get these Tom's attention. Become a pioneer, listen to those episodes, and you might find yourself in a similar situation. Having a couple times headed your way. That'll work. So I uh, hit the yelps again, just a little bit more aggressive, a little bit louder, and the same thing. Boy, they all three hammered back and gobbled back at the call at the same time, really cut off my call before I even got done doing it. And then he looked at Pete, whispered, he said, They're coming. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what's fixing to happen, but it's fixing to get real, you know? So. <laughs> We, uh, we, we were, 
he's telling me they're coming, they're coming. He said, they're coming straight towards us. And I'm like, no, they're not supposed to be coming straight towards us. They're supposed to be coming over to our right. <laughs> and so sure enough, they were, instead of coming over to our right and circling in behind the decoys, they actually came in between us and the decoys. So they were, as they were approaching, they were fixing to cross in front of us at about seven yards. Again, we're in the middle of a field with no cover, no trees, no brush, nothing. We're just sticking out like a sore thumb, I felt like. And here they come. So they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. And they got, I, I told Hudson, I said, we don't have any cover. So the, what you're going to have to do is you're just going to have to wait until they move, literally walk in front of the barrel of your gun and pull the trigger. Because if we move an inch, they're gonna, we're going to get busted. So they're coming, they're coming. And then when they got about two to three steps away from where we needed them to be to be able to shoot them, uh, they started getting nervous. And sometimes turkeys won't get totally freaked out, but they start getting a little nervous. Like something's not quite right. You can just, you can read their reactions and tell something wasn't quite right. And I told, I knew we were, they were probably fixing to turn around and leave if we didn't do something. So I just whispered to Hudson, I said, I'll just swing over and take the shot at the shot. He moved his gun barrel over and pulled the trigger and dropped his first turkey right there at seven steps and it was an amazing hunt so i'm i just i'm i was in awe i'm like did we just do that did you just do that hudson did we really just pull that off in the middle of a field you shot your first time you were the one basically guiding him in telling me what's going on and you shot your first time in the middle of the field and it was it was a nice time they're, they're eastern subspecies up there um, and it was, I think it had about a 10 inch beard and about an inch and a half spurs and weighed about 20 pounds. So it was definitely an, an awesome, awesome trophy for his first bird. But That's awesome. even though I didn't, didn't pull the trigger, even though I didn't even bring a gun, even though I wasn't hunting, that was my favorite hunt for a couple of reasons. One is it just, the way it unfolded was yeah. just amazing. But also just for the fact that I was able to, to let him, you know, let Hudson do the hunting and I was able to be there and be a part of his, his first Tom that he ever shot and uh, like I said especially in the way that he did it was just absolutely amazing and we had a blast parenting is a lesson in letting go and letting your kids grab the wheel so how does it feel when the wheels in their hands when they're in control yeah well you're more nervous for one thing <laughs> because whatever you would have been nervous about when you were doing the hunting you're still kind of in control of when you move when you do what you do well you don't know what kids going to do you know they're you know, kids are kids and you don't know what they're going to do so you're you're, you're more nervous you're like oh, i hope he stays still oh I hope he knows that what i meant when i said don't shoot yet or, you know all those things you're thinking through so you're definitely more nervous um, but after it's all over with it's just so much more re rewarding any day any hunt any type of animal i would always trade my spot and my opportunity to kill an animal if they if it's meant that my kids get to hunt because it's just so much more enjoyable for them to be able to uh, to shoot something and to have the thrill of that and um, it, like I said it's just as exciting for me even though I don't I'm not the one actually doing the hunting driving with my son talking about farming talking about animals it's one of the nicest times we have and I can't help but think that one of these days we'll be having that same drive only it'll be him at the wheel and when it comes down to it like Hudson he might know better than his dad Today's episode of Home Study was brought to you by Power Plucker. We thank Power Plucker for the support of our show. Go and check out everything they have at powerplucker.com. 
It was also brought to you by the Homesteady Pioneers, who are enjoying the bonus episodes, Talking Turkeys with Corby Taylor and Turkey Hunting 101. If you didn't get enough turkey hunting info, become a pioneer. It's still only three bucks a month, but we're getting really close to that 100 mark, which means the price is gonna go up. So sign up now. If you wanna hear more of Corby, he has his own podcast, the Wild Game Hunting Podcast. Go check it out on iTunes. If you haven't seen the new thisishomesteady.com website, go see it. We have a brand new website. It's beautiful. We've redesigned it. And of course, you can join the email list there or become a pioneer and receive all the extra podcasts waiting for you in our Pioneers Only Library. Turkey hunting is hard. I've been at it five years and I haven't got one. But Hudson's inspired me, and I hope he's inspired you too. Head on over to our website and you'll see a picture of Hudson and his beautiful turkey. It's a great shot, you gotta check it out. So get outside, find yourself a good old shotgun, sight it in, and get ready to go out and get some wild turkey. It's delicious eating, I guarantee you're gonna love it. And remember, when you do, the road is rocky, make home steady. When you head on over to the thisishomesteady.com website, make sure you click on the show notes for this episode because we have a brand new blogger on our team, Alexia. She's a mom, a blogger, she's got animals, chickens, a little homestead with her and her husband and her kids, and she's writing the show notes for our episodes now. She's going to share all the links that you're looking for, nice summary, and even putting her own spin on things. So go read the post and leave a comment to let her know what you thought. Thanks for joining the Homesteady team, Alexia.